Welcome from all of us to all of you. If you want to know how glad we are to have you with us, just you listen. Hi, and welcome to the Crisis on Infinite Midlives podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. This is episode 107, and boy, you're in for a treat. <laughs> you're in for a shit show of just epic and fucking monumental proportions. I set that bar a little higher. Oh, it's just been the worst goddamn two fucking weeks. First of all, we're sorry we missed... Uh, I'm sorry we missed last week. I'm sorry, too. Well, it wasn't your fault. Oh, we're getting off, getting off to a great start. I got hair stuck in the back of my throat. I'm sorry. We had a really rough time of it last week. Uh, we were just about ready to do the show when um, Rob got Hanta or um, some sort of other neurovirus. Professional radio folks just digging hair out of my throat right at the beginning. So, yeah, uh, literally it was last week. Um, uh, first of all, my schedule, you know, look, I don't think we've uh, been quiet about it. Uh, we don't make any money at this shit. We have jobs. We got shit to do we during do the day. We do this for the love. In, indeed. I feel the love. We do. Yes, the love. It's falling down on us like a thousand pound <laughs> shit hammer. It's just everywhere. It just, but it's, no, we've got jobs. And uh, in my job, they decided to uh, let us know about three weeks ago. Oh, yeah, we're um, changing dates on things and everybody needs to work uh, six day weeks. Okay, fine. That's part of my job. But it means, Particularly last week where the plan was we were going to do the show about Daredevil Season 2 on Netflix. Which oh, we enjoyed. Which we enjoyed and we may talk about eventually. This show is not about that no matter what note I put on the <laughs> website earlier this week. Uh, yeah, it was okay. We've got 13 hours of television we have to somehow try to fit in between when we both get home from our jobs and Friday night and doing the show on Sunday evening. So we're trying to fit that together on top of, yeah, I got to go put in a full day of work on Saturday. And, and we did it. Yeah, we, we did. We we're very proud of ourselves. We buckled down on Sunday. It's like, this is what we're doing. Fuck it. Order some Chinese food. We're going to sit here and watch the show. That was our first mistake. Because <laughs> I powered down some General Gao at about noon. And we finished the final episode at about 4.30. I'm like, great. We'll just put together some notes real quick. I think we're ready to do the show. But... Let me let my stomach settle a little bit because I'm not feeling awesome right now. That was about straight up five. By quarter past six, I'm screaming General Gao into the <laughs> toilet, if you understand what I'm saying. It was it was an unfortunate <laughs> evening for you. Uh, I'm, I'm shivering like someone dumped the heat, told me I, I'd been drafted. Like somebody had <laughs> asked if you do the ALS ice bucket challenge. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Like, or gave me ALS with an ice bucket. Either way, <laughs> uh, yeah, and I, I was just completely flat out on my back, out of commission for about 48 hours. And I didn't start to really pull myself together until Tuesday afternoon. And you know, then, yeah, I had all this extra work I had to catch up with at the job. So, yeah, it was still all week long. It was, we're going to do Daredevil. We're going to talk about Daredevil. Well, the the problem is it's already starting to fade in our heads because we did it in a fast burn, and I've got a page of notes that I took on Sunday. The the last few are really, you know, around the wow. I'm really not feeling great. <laughs> Hope we do this show quick. So yeah, it's starting to fade in memory. And I think it's worth noting though that um this is now uh, Daredevil has made members of our household throw up twice. Yeah. <laughs> Auspicious. It's kind of a broad <laughs> statement, but yeah, if you listen to our uh, Daredevil season one episode, we've got glorious audio of Parker, the Crisis on Infinite Midlife's mascot, 
just letting loose a mighty chunder sometime around episode 12 or 13. Yeah, on my, my awesome rug. Yeah, it was... Uh, Less awesome now. So, uh, yeah, Daredevil uh, made us puke. Put that on the fucking DVD jacket. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, it's, uh, we, we liked Daredevil, but as the week goes on, it's, oh, God, it's starting to fade in our heads. And it's not like, you know, when we talk about a movie... Where we can just, you know, oh, well, well, we'll watch it again to, you know, refresh our, some of the movies we've talked about. We went to see two or three times before we did the episode about it. There's a movie that we're going to have to go see again. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. That's a, <laughs> uh, we will be seeing uh, Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice again sometime this week. Uh, yeah. Oh, we've seen it. We're not going to talk about it right now because next week, preliminarily, we have our guests. If you've been listening to this show any length of time, you know, when we talk about movies, a lot of the time we've got Benari Poulton, uh, Ross Garmel, uh, two comedians originally from Boston who've now moved to New York, big comic book geeks. Man, they're going to have opinions about this movie. We, we eagerly anticipate that show. It, it will be awesome, and we would have done it this week, except this week, on top of also having to work a six-day week, it's Easter, which means we've got family today going yes. in and out of the goddamn house until 5 o'clock. So <laughs> that screwed up our ability to get anything ready for the show. And on top of it, on Friday, a uh, friend of the show, um, <laughs> Gary Anna Abeta, texted and said, I'm at WonderCon because she lives in Los Angeles. We'd forgotten WonderCon was this weekend mm -hmm. with everything going on. And the big thing about WonderCon this week was they were finally going to announce creative teams and some details around the DC Comics Rebirth event that we've been covering on this show, basically they, since it was announced a month and a half, two months ago. Yeah. And and you know, for those of us that weren't fortunate enough to get out there, they were live streaming the actual DC panel. Right. So our original plan, because we talked about it a few episodes, was... Yeah, this is not going to be a problem because it's on a Saturday afternoon. We'll watch it live streaming. We'll pull some audio. It'll be a nice, relaxing afternoon with a few bit. Yeah, except I was not. I was at my office doing job shit. <laughs> I was prepping for today's holiday. <laughs> yeah, so there was no way we could watch the live stream, but it was still available on YouTube. Yes. So we made a command decision literally this morning of with everything that's gone on this week, we can't talk in any detail about Daredevil without watching some more of it again. And we may well do that in, in a few weeks. Yes. You know, next week is all Batman versus Superman. May God have mercy upon us. <sighs> um, that's, we're not going to say anything more about it. Because <sighs> maybe a second viewing will modify some. I'm feeling some. the don't, ice bucket thing. <laughs> don't, don't go Chunder crazy bucket. over it yet. <laughs> Chunder bucket. <laughs> Write that down for next week's show. <laughs> I don't want to give too much. We're not going to talk about it in any detail. No Batman versus Superman talk. <laughs> that is for next week. We may get to Daredevil at some point, just in case we don't. Uh, <laughs> what would have been an hour and a half episode. Uh, generally liked it. They made some interesting decisions with Punisher to humanize him and yet make him look Terminator-like, which worked in certain areas and didn't work in others. Same thing with Elektra. She was much more... Uh, the kind of crazy, the don't stick your dick in crazy kind of crazy. I didn't like the crazy ex-girlfriend trope. Yes. Um, however, uh, when you consider Electra back in uh, 1984, 85, when Frank Miller was writing her, uh, yeah, the world was on a big ninja kick. It's uh, true. The Eric von Lusterbotter uh, could get paid for writing something longer than his own name. <laughs> Not that there's anything longer than the name Eric von Lusterbotter. Uh, so any kind of ninja uh, would have been fine. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's it's not then now. You need to do something more with it. That's that's an hour and a half with the Daredevil episode in uh, forty five seconds. Yes, I I think that covers it. But hopefully, we'll have time to actually devote a show to it. Yes, ho- hopefully sometime in the next few weeks. But every fucking plan that we made so far oh. has gone straight into the shitter. Fuck Burton in the way. <laughs> and I'm just I'm running on raw adrenaline and just and beer fatigue hysteria. Yeah. Oh, and and beer I can finally drink again, which is nice. <laughs> it's probably a poor choice right now, considering everything that's happened in the last 24 hours. So yeah, here's what today was like. Yeah, Amanda's up at an ungodly hour getting ready to cook an Easter dinner for various family members. Did you know that when you decide to make a an item that's called seven-hour leg of lamb, it needs seven hours to cook. And if you have invited people to come and eat for around noon, that means you need to have it in the oven by five in the morning. I make poor life choices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't have a response to that. There was great lamb. <laughs> Should have picked something easier. <laughs> I don't know. So yeah, she was doing that, and I was trying to keep the cat occupied, and there was family here. And so, yeah, we finally got all the family out at 5 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, and then, we, <laughs> then I sat down in front of YouTube with Amanda, and we watched the WonderCon panel where they talked about DC Rebirth and brought a lot of the creative teams just up on stage to yeah. talk about what they're doing. And so, yeah, that was until 7.30. Uh, it's now 8. <laughs> so what we have here is hastily pulled audio. Uh, we've got a reasonable amount of audio from that panel, uh, which I will try to remember to put up a YouTube link so mm-hmm. you can go watch the thing yourself, but just in case you don't have an hour and a half to, to spend listening to <laughs> The gentle joshings of Jeff Johns and Dan DiDio. Yeah, there's there's um reasonably good partial transcript and our notes on Bleeding Cool, actually. All right, try and remind me to <laughs> uh, look. With the kind of time we have on this, there's likely to be almost no editing on the show. <laughs> it's going to be press record, slap in the intro, turn to MP3. But the we show do this. No- we do this with love, everyone. We 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 love you. That's why we're doing this. It's if we didn't love, <laughs> if we didn't love doing it. Uh, believe me, it, at eight o'clock on a Sunday night, <laughs> I, I can think of a lot of things <laughs> that that would be. I don't know that it would be more fun, but would be more relaxing. I'm gonna decompress from all of this love with about five fingers of scotch after the show. I think at that point, once you have five fingers, I think it's it's like a fist. It's like a fist of whiskey. I'm going to have a fist of whiskey. You were fisted by whiskey? Possibly. Fist Possibly. of whiskey. <laughs> Write down fist of whiskey. <laughs> so how does Amanda Lacker scotch? For a $10 all-you-can-eat testicle fest. There you go. Oh, really? <laughs> it's, it's my fault. I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> anyway, you got to get those out of the way because i got to switch to a completely different interface to, to get the hastily ripped out and poorly edited audio from this panel. Audio with love. <laughs> it, it it is with love. I, I do love doing this show. It's because it just there are times where it's like, oh Jesus, I got to do all this stuff and get it all ready, and I get all fucking frazzled. Slap the love into the microphone. It's the slap uh, of love. <laughs> <laughs> That's an old game I used to play on my radio show. I used to do overnights. I knew nobody was listening. It'd be like, all right, well, I'm entertaining a dozen people around New England. All right, let's play a game of guess what body part I'm slapping into the microphone. <laughs> Smashing pumpkins. One o- 
This show has a bigger audience than I ever had on actual major market radio. I I think that it's well deserved. I've heard many uh, DJs in our current major market area, and I think you're better than all of them. Oh, thank you. That's radio's dead. I killed it. <laughs> I killed it on my way out the door. <laughs> oh, buckle in! It's going to be a good show. All right. So, uh, yes, we were not able to be at WonderCon. We did consider it uh, when we realized we couldn't get into San Diego. We thought we could pull together a Hail Mary and get out there. The whole work and family thing got in the way. But uh, from talking with Garyanna and some of the pictures and everything she sent, she says a very solid convention. We may make an effort to get out there next year because it's early enough in the convention schedule that you can get some real news out of it. And yet still... It's not at San Diego levels, but uh, from what I'm hearing, it's, it's big enough that it's yeah. a good solid three days worth of fun. As long as it doesn't conflict with a holiday. <laughs> uh, who the hell knows? The, the, this year was one of them religious holidays. Yes. It's on a different day every year. Because we, yeah, never mind. That's a vile joke. Yeah. We'll let yeah. that one slide. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, it was it was nice that uh, DC was able to live stream uh, this panel. It was, and it was a panel in a way that I've not seen in any other. They clearly were doing it as a media event. Yes. You know, they, they had a, a host and various seating arrangements and it was an hour and a half long with no time for any audience questions, which is kind of disappointing to me. Not that watching from Boston 24 hours after the fact, I could have asked a question, but yeah, if we'd gone out there and had been in the crowd, it's like, I'm not going to answer anything? Okay. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's rebirth drops Mike walks off stage. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, one of the things that uh, has sort of been a question ever since the DC rebirth teaser first came out a couple of months ago was you know, the first thing was, oh, it's going to be a reboot. Oh, it's not going to be a reboot. It's going to be this other thing. No, it's going to be various elements of uh, old and new universe, and nobody's quite sure why they're doing it. I mean, money is the obvious probable thing. It's rebirth. Don't call it a comeback. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's been recycling for years. But, um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the thing started, and, and again, I, I pulled a bunch of audio from this. I did the best I could with hey. it. Uh, but I Where do you want to begin? Well, let's start with Dan DiDio talking a little bit about some of the reasoning behind doing what whatever rebirth. I mean, at this point, we got a pretty good idea of what rebirth is, but we'll we'll start with Dan DiDio, co-publisher of DC Comics, talking a little bit about why some of this came about. All right, all right. You no, know, but but sometimes what happens, and you can feel it now. Sometimes you lose your way a little bit. Sometimes we get a little lost, and sometimes we lose our connection inside of our fans. And the whole purpose of Rebirth today, what we're going to hear to you, is show you our recommitment to you, the fans, and our dedication to our characters and ideas. And what this is about is to show you that we care as much as you do about these characters. Mommy, I'm lost. You know, well, I must. <laughs> Yo, baby, I must. <laughs> Dan Dio must have got lost. <laughs> oh, don't bring the Jay Giles band to us. <laughs> <laughs> they've, got, they've got more important things to do. So, I, yeah, the way it the way it sounded um, from from watching, and I really did watch the entire. Uh, <laughs> that's a weird thing. I want to say panel, but I keep going to press conference and weird media event. It was really kind of a weird and esoteric thing to watch. It a platform. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> 
because it kind of felt like the panels we go to, but you know, when you go to San Diego, it's just, it was weirdly non-intimate compared to San Diego panels. Yeah. You, know, you go to a San Diego panel, there's a table and everybody sits there. And it, at least for DC, everybody's generally at the table. Marvel has a hype man always. Yeah. There's a, somebody at a podium. Marvel you know. just needs to fucking break down and hire Flava Flav at this point. What the hell else is he doing with himself? I guess. <laughs> it's... <laughs> But yeah, this felt weirdly uh, not that they had. Uh, they've got their DC Direct or DC Access. Uh, yeah, all access podcast or whatever that they do, and I forget who the host is. Not uh, us. Uh, no, <laughs> that seems like a shit job, frankly, yeah. <laughs> based on what I saw. And yeah, just and you got over on the left, it's Dan DeDio and Jim Lee and Jeff Johns, you know, lobbing softball questions to creators who are. Some of them fine, some of them weirdly uncomfortable. <laughs> the, on camera, there was uh, one in the Bat Family uh, panel. I forget who was talking, but uh, uh, Jesus, who, who the the new creative team on Batgirl and Birds of Prey, uh, the writers Julian Shauna Benson, yes, who are not comics people. Uh, they they're actually writers on uh, the CW's The One Hundred. Oh, so this is their first comics work. Okay, but yeah, it's. As somebody sitting behind them was talking, clearly the camera was pointing at them. They're sort of staring into space, <laughs> like, what the fuck is happening to me? <laughs> Which I would do too, I guess. It's Are like, they going to release our dog if we finish? <laughs> it? Everybody make sure we please Dan. Yeah, so it was just, the whole thing was, there was a lot of great information on it, but it just, as somebody who's been to a ton of comic convention panels, it just seemed weird in Pretty a lot sure of ways. sure they're going to let my mom go. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> Um, so I'm listening to, to Dan say these things and I'm thinking, I'm like, so, so are you saying that, um, you're walking it back from the new 52? You got lost. Okay. Or did, did we make a mistake somewhere? Did, <laughs> did perhaps, um, some bodies not talk to some other bodies? <laughs> well, I think, and, and this is, this is just speculative. It's look, what this comes down to is something about DC universe rebirth is going to open up the entirety of the history of the DC universe from Action Comics 1 mm. up. Okay. <laughs> so that all those worlds and stories are available. If that is a multiverse kind of thing, yeah, so we're back to the old days of, oh no, these uh, the, the pre-crisis stories are on Earth 2 and the post-crisis stories on Earth 3 is not really clear at this point. Yeah. But the, the point is going to be, oh, yeah, all that stuff that we put a hard stop on with Flashpoint, at least a lot of it's going to be available again. And Jeff Johns talked a little bit about that. Um, I'm, I'm going by a four-word uh, tag that I put <laughs> in an audio file. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, that's, uh, this is Jeff Johns talking a little bit about how New 52 at least fits into all of this. Rebirth is not a reboot. Uh, New 52, in a sense, what which we'll come to learn is a chapter in the ongoing saga since 1938 of Action Comics number one of the DC Universe, and the next chapter is Rebirth. And that will be clear in what we're doing. In, in what they're doing. It's not clear yet. But <laughs> clear as mud. Look, I'm, I'm pouring a chocolate stout on top of a dinner of uh, M&M's. <laughs> I'm feeling a little weird. <laughs> Might not be tracking at my best. <laughs> So, 
as somebody who loved post-crisis DC, yeah, okay, good. Give me some more of that, but how it all fits in is still not entirely clear. Yeah. It's encouraging, but... Well, I... What else did they have to say that might illuminate that? All right. Well, I've got one more thing. Uh, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, this one, shit, I don't even remember at this point. Uh, this one is tagged, Jeff John's Rebirth Greatest Secret. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, please don't be about his underwear. Please don't be about his underwear. DC Universe Rebirth, when we talked about it, we talked with all the creators, this is the first 80-page one-shot in a long time, and... Um, and it's going to not reboot the universe. It's not about that. Just like Green Lantern Rebirth and Flash Rebirth took all the continuity and revealed secrets that kind of made it all work. That's what this is going to do. This is going to return a character, return a lot of characters. Um, there might be a death of a character. There might be uh, the uh, the biggest secret, I think, in the DC universe. Ever. 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 Um, that's on film, so now it has to be. <laughs> <laughs> So... If a character is going to die, uh, the smart money is on a Justice League International character. Cause, yeah, because because <laughs> Dan DiDio is still in the room. Um, it's I know it's not Nightwing because there's a new Nightwing book as we go through the the titles and the creative teams. Yes, I believe um, that's Tim Seeley. I think so. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, so yeah, it's, so he's safe for the moment. He's safe for the moment, but almost uh, nobody else from Justice League <laughs> International is. For example, I don't believe there's a Booster Gold book here. No, no, there is not. <laughs> so if, I don't know if I had to hazard a guess. Booster Gold, the time dimension traveler uh, from Justice League International going into this. I'm uh, not sure that they're going to do that because with Legends of Tomorrow and they're already doing time travel stuff with Rip Hunter. And since some of these books are beginning to resemble more their television counterparts, I, I, I think they would want to leave the door open for Booster. They can leave the door open, but he ain't walked through it yet. Not yet. But one of the books that we will talk about will be Blue Beetle, uh, which I believe is Ken, uh, and I'm sorry, Keith Giffen. It is. <laughs> and based on that creative team and just one or two tidbits, uh, that's one I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're talking about like a greatest secret ever. And I, I read somewhere that they're going to reveal the Joker's real name. And if that's the secret, then no, I'm sorry. No, just just stop. You've gotten lost already. All right. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to jump ahead uh, because late in the panel, uh, Jeff Johns and the current Justice League artist, Jason Fabok, uh, talked a little bit about what's upcoming in uh, Justice League 50. Okay. So I've, again, this is jumping way the fuck ahead, but as long as we're on the subject, okay. let's uh, bring this in. Well, do you remember that scene in Justice League, I think it was 42, where Batman gets on the Mobius chair? And what is the question? And here's some trivia. See if you know your own books. What is the question <laughs> that Batman asks? Batman gets on this chair that has all the knowledge in the universe, and he says, he Have you seen my penis in this light? You will. <laughs> <laughs> Not to spoil anything for next week's show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Pass it out. Who killed my parents? And it says Ping. That was right. It, right. Joe Chill did. And then he says, what's the Joker's real name? And he hears something and he says, that's not possible. And I think a lot of people were like, oh, we're never going to hear what it said. Yeah. But Jay and I are like, you know what? We are. So. <laughs> it is like seeing your penis in this light. Yeah. Terrifying. Well, it's like seeing some form of. <laughs> 
some form of dark chode that should be unspoken <laughs> of. I don't think they need to go there. They already like almost fucked up the Joker with um the what's it arc? Um why am I blanking on it? Endgame. Thank you. <laughs> Where they intimated that he was walking it back, but intimated. Yeah. They, they've done entirely too much with the Joker lately. Just leave him alone. Somebody put Joker in the corner. Oh, and, and by the <laughs> way, one other difference between this show and normal shows is, as we went off on the rant early on, we're not going to be talking about any particular issues of uh, comic books this week because, number one, we just didn't have a ton of time. It turns out I do a lot of comic book reading in the bathroom. <laughs> it's a little harder to read comics when you're kneeling in front of the toilet. <laughs> Uh, just that, that's a just hint. You gotta really want it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I do want to jump in. Uh, Batman 50 was this week, which I know you have not had a chance to read. And it was, uh, certainly not a retcon of any type, but there was a nice little, oh, using the same, uh, drug that supposedly, uh, in Endgame, they thought, oh, is this making Joker immortal? And I just want to see your reaction to this when I, when I say it. Uh, it turns out what that actually did was, almost de-age Batman uh, to the point where he was in prime physical condition as if he had never gone on a mission before. He is in peak physical condition again, thanks to the Dionysium. What? <laughs> Fuck's sake. If, if, if you touch Batman's skin and it doesn't feel like a fucking relief map of the Andes, it's not Batman. <laughs> now, put your hands together for the man who's falling apart before our eyes. <laughs> oh, good. Batman's skin feels as soft and smooth as a baby's scrote. Like what? Like... <laughs> <laughs> Marry a callus to be seen. I, I don't have a response to that. <laughs> like how is how is he supposed to not hurt himself hitting bad guys? <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't don't damage that delicate skin. <laughs> I want you guys to go out there and protect your balls at any cost. <laughs> Clearly, Calgon has taken him away. Hey, look, I will give Scott Snyder credit for finding some kind of. Not in continuity way, but some some logical way as opposed to sort of the sliding time scale that everybody uses where, oh, no, they always stay 32, which means uh, whatever happened when they were 28 was four years ago. <laughs> I, I give them credit for finding some way to say, oh, no, all that shit happened, and yet here is a particular point in time where we can take all that aging away and build on that aging. So, yes, he's 45 now, but it's because of this thing. So we can have longer than five years worth of history if, if they choose to kaput. yeah <laughs> so you know at least he came up with something all right no that all right okay i'll have to read the book now the the yellow border around the bat is uh stupid <laughs> <laughs> i have to read the book well it's a generally yeah they debuted a new costume designed by greg capullo which is generally just about the same but yeah now the the bat on his chest as opposed to having no border or the old yellow oval now has a yellow border. Okay. So, but actually this is a decent segue into part of what they're doing with rebirth is they've redesigned a lot of the costumes. And some of it seems to be sort of set back to pre new 52, which I am a fan of. Yeah, not totally. Um, some of them are sort of up to a certain point. Yeah. 
uh, like Superman's costume, the the turtleneck collar is gone. Thank God. So the the cape uh, hangs the way it did in the classic uh, costume, and a lot of the armor look is gone. But the the red briefs are still gone. The red boots are gone. But I hear he has a red belt. Uh, I believe he has a red belt. I try not to look below Superman's Because I think it's belt. important to draw focus from his face. <laughs> it's... <laughs> no, 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 no. Eyes down here. <laughs> <laughs> look at my package. <laughs> Have you seen it in this light? <laughs> Have you seen Batman versus Superman? Eyes down here away from my scowling, angry face. <laughs> I'm Superman. This sounds... This is a symbol for hope. You'll 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 notice less that I'm all emo and whiny if you're looking at my belt. <laughs> uh, but we'll talk about that next week. Yes, we will. <laughs> it's it, my opinion isn't as bad as we're making it sound, but millennials. <laughs> okay, all right, move. <laughs> anyway, uh, Jeff Johns made uh, a comment about why some of the the costumes uh, made changes that that they did, and it makes a lot of sense, assuming. <laughs> Got the right audio on this. You know what's funny is though we did we had we had we had, we did have discussions about goatee and I said you know the thing about the goatee with Green Arrow is that in my opinion every great Green Arrow story he had a great goatee. Like uh. <laughs> yeah, to give some context on this, they were just showing some of the art from the new costumes and they put up Green Arrow just as they were in the background talking and everybody started applauding. Yeah, because it was yeah it was old school ish at least like Longball Hunters with yeah the hood. But yeah, he also had the goatee, which he hasn't had since the Arrow TV show and the new 52. So that's that's where this came from. I hear that Stephen Amell actually keeps trying to pitch the goatee to the powers that be on his show, and they keep shooting him down. I hope that he does grow a goatee, because the, <laughs> the fake one he did on the time travel episode in uh, Legends of Tomorrow was... It looked like he was trying to buy beer when he was 15. The triple died on his face. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, back to Jeff Jones. <laughs> that must be the answer. Yeah, right. so like, but there are, they're like, there are simple, small things like that. Like, Nightwing should be in black and blue, in my opinion. You know? Uh, and, <laughs> but he's I, not. And, no. and, and, you know, and, and by the way, sometimes these are the conversations we have. And Dan, like, there was a huge, like, debate about, like, let's talk, we talk about the core character, who's going to live, who's going to not, like, what, what, like, what it's all about, the thematic. And then when we get to, like, is Nightwing red and black or red and or blue and black? And there's an argument. <laughs> or there should be a fight. <laughs> a slap fight. Although I'll stand. I like the uh, the red and blue from New 52 or the red and black from New 52. It was all right. I, but I, I think I prefer the uh, the black and blue. That I mean, look, nothing is ever going to get better than the uh, fake feather pattern and disco collar. <laughs> that he had in his first appearance in the new Teen Titans. Bring it back. You know, it, because the best part about that was it really distracted from the fact that on the other side of that double page layout was fucking Jericho. <laughs> that piece of human garbage. <laughs> There's no Jericho book at DC Rebirth. Thank Yet. God. Yet. There is a Deathstroke book, and I am, I don't know if you saw the creative team on that, but that. Yeah, that, we'll, we'll talk about that. Okay. Um, but. Uh, Titan's Hunt is still a thing, so there's still time for Jericho. You shut your filthy mouth. <laughs> <laughs> there's always time for Jericho. There's no time for Jericho. <laughs> <laughs> Write it down. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, never mind. There's a vile joke there, but I'm not going to do, do it. it. No, Jericho. <laughs> so I'm glad to see some of the move they're doing with the costumes, because the weird thing is I'd gotten used to them. 
And I tried not to have a really negative reaction about the costume changes when the new 52 happened because I've been around the block, uh, you know, it's called Crisis on Infinite Midlives. I've been reading these fucking <laughs> things for 40 years. Yeah, I mean, there were supposed to be younger versions of the characters, and I know that when I was younger, I didn't make good fashion choices either. Oh, so. <laughs> in my 20s, I did nothing but wear armor with a narrow jacket collar and a cape. Yeah, and I had gauntlets that had like a weird spiky thing, apropos of nothing, because sometimes when you're walking down the street, you just want to be able to spear things. Of course, of course. <laughs> Don't be stupid about these things. Hello, hot dog. <laughs> This is, we live in Boston. We're not big on guns here. You need some way to defend yourself. <laughs> the fist fucking gauntlet of death. Oh, Jesus. It's one way of doing it. So, but it, it in its own way, it's nice to see some of these things go back toward more of the, the classic look. Yet everything being armor in the new 52 really was kind of a bridge too far. Yeah. Yeah. I get Jim Lee likes to draw detail lines. At this point in his career, he gets paid by the pen stroke. Yeah. But. And it shows in the designs. <laughs> but it's a, I still remember reading when in action comics, when Grant Morrison was, was writing it right after the new 52, where he finally found his costume and it was indestructible Kryptonian armor. Like I thought fucking Superman was indestructible. <laughs> yeah, why are you doubling up, champ? <laughs> it's like wearing two rubbers. You're not helping anybody. I don't know. Maybe he needs to deaden the sensation. I guess. <laughs> of being Superman. <laughs> yeah. I just want to be numb. Being Superman is awesome, and I'd like to be grumpy about it. And then and that's how cast you get... in a movie with Ben. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we're talking about it next week. <laughs> next week. God damn it. Amanda and I have literally talked about Batman versus Superman almost nonstop since we saw it on Friday yeah. night. And the the problem is that conversation keeps <laughs> spiking up with the with the always positive phrase, you know, and another thing. <laughs> so, I don't blame you if you turn this episode off because clearly it's half ass and we chucked it together. Oh at the no, last no, second. it's fine. But it's fine. for God's sake, tune in next week for that to, that show is gonna be choice. <laughs> Might be three hours of <laughs> that. Yeah, that shouldn't. Have. <laughs> no, why? And then and then Snyder put his balls on it. <laughs> <laughs> Let me put my. Uh, never mind. So, what's the next thing we want to talk about in relation to rebirth, huh? <laughs> uh, um. All right. Well, we can uh, sort of go through the the list of titles and creative teams because that was really the the main thing that we wanted to get from this episode was the creative teams. Uh, and I do have, like I said, I got a reasonable amount of audio from a bunch of these teams. Okay. Um, we can talk about some of the things that were. Let's do it. So yeah, I mean, this is all going to start and some of this is, is ground that has been covered in previous weeks, previous shows. Everything starts with the DC, uh, universe rebirth special, uh, which comes out May 25th. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's going to be a one shot, uh, an 80 page one shot. Uh, one thing I didn't get audio on, but, uh, one of the things that's going to be happening from Rebirth on, at least for the, the time being, all the core character titles, uh, are going to be shipping twice a month. Mm. So that's like Batman, Detective Comics, uh, Action Comics, Wonder Woman, Superman, uh, going to be twice a month, but the price is also going to drop to Two ninety nine, and I believe also the eighty page one shot is two ninety nine. It's also going to be two ninety nine. Yeah, which for that particular book, great value for money. Right. 
On the other hand, while I applaud DC for lowering the price for books you're expected to now buy twice a month, you know, <laughs> I I was spending three ninety nine for Batman. Yeah. Now I'm going to be spending six, $6. bucks. <laughs> so, and I'm still spending more because it, it's yeah, it's 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 not even weird math. And it's not particularly cynical math. It's, you know, look, the reality is if you're going to push twice a month, you got a writer writing two books, yep. you got two artists, you got to pay the creative teams. And believe me, they're not making their money on fucking advertising. <laughs> you know, they tried that one month of let's put a Twix ad halfway underneath each page. Stupid. And the screeching hate frenzy that at least we went into here. <laughs> I don't think they'll try that again soon. No. So, yeah, they're they're lowering the price. It's still going to cost you more if you want to keep up with Batman. That's just the reality. I I <laughs> I don't disagree with you. So So yeah, it's uh we go from that on May 25th, uh June 8th, we've got Action Comics 957. We've talked about this before. They're going back to the original numbering. Uh so Action Comics uh, is going to be, that's another twice monthly. The writer is going to be Dan Jurgens. Okay. Uh, creative team, uh, artists, Patrick Zercher, uh, Tyler uh, Kirkham, Steven Segovia. Okay. Uh, also that week, we've got uh, Aquaman Rebirth number one. Cause... You damn fool! You're more useless than Aquaman! <laughs> so uh, Dan Abnett's taking over Aquaman uh, as Aquaman moves on. It's going to be uh, Brad Walker, uh, Jesus Marino, and Phil Briones. I uh, hear that we'll see Mara um, eat clam chowder for the first time. Yeah, I didn't grab a... <laughs> did I grab audio on that? I don't think I did. Yeah, it's... <laughs> uh, one of the things that Abnett was proudest of was, uh, yeah, he's got the... He's having uh, Arthur bring Mera to the restaurant Aquaman was eating in and in Aquaman 1 by Jeff Johns. And mm -hmm. yeah, she's going to try the clam chowder. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I too like clam chowder. I live in Boston. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to buy the book. It seems weirdly cannibalistic Her. for people who live with fishes. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. What else are they going to eat? I mean, why would it? We eat land animals. Now, now, if your problem is Mara's eating the clam, and I that's gonna, why it seems cannibalistic. I wasn't going to go there. I was <laughs> not going to go there. Well, I have fatigue hysteria <laughs> and might be losing my shit as we speak. <laughs> so I went there. <laughs> oh, we're all going to die. All right. But I like Dan Abnett, so I'll give this to Dan Court. Okay. So... Uh, following week, June 1st, uh, we've got Batman Rebirth number one. Mm. Now, the new creative team uh, overall on Batman uh, is going to be Tom King, uh, who was a co-writer on uh, Grayson, yeah. I believe. Uh, yeah, he's he's taken over the main Batman title, uh, and it looks like the alternating artists are going to be David Finch and Mikkel Janin. Both of whom I really like. Yeah, so. I'll be curious to see their art on this. So, so yeah, it should be a pretty good looking book now. Uh, King was at the panel and he talked a, a little bit about his background <laughs> and uh, how he thinks, yeah, which is I think I'd read about before, but it's just it's sort of just weird to it's uh, let, let me play it. let me just play it. I want to do that to the character too to, to sort of draw on, on what I have to bring to it and um, okay, this is weird, but I I used to be in the CIA. I used to do 
uh, counterterrorism. Are you allowed to say that? Hey, baby, I'm in the CIA. Why don't you bring a lonely spy in from the coal? I've tried that bullshit line a million times. <laughs> True. Yeah, yeah. I got it cleared. I, yeah. I, I sent some emails. I'm okay. cool. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I, I used to do that. I used, I used to like um, look a little bit at the, at the madness that sort of sort of haunts us. Um, and that's your job. That that was the job to, to get close as possible to that and not have it um, take you over. And um, and that's what I want to bring to Batman, that, to, to say what makes him special. Because Batman's us, right? Like, he doesn't have superpowers. He doesn't have super abilities. And what, what makes him, what's the core of that character that makes him? And he's, he's out there just with his wits and his will and his family and his obsession. And um, I want to talk about how he gets close to that madness, how, how he gets right in the middle of it and still comes back every day and still does good and is still um, sort of our sign for justice in the DCU. Yeah. <laughs> CIA. Don't make Batman Jack Bauer. Don't make Batman Jack Bauer, please. <laughs> Be kind of awesome. Damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it. <laughs> Batman, you okay? Damn it, damn it, damn it. Although this does put a, a different spin on, on his work on Grayson now. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Uh, he would be the prime guy to write that. And yet he's going back to... <laughs> he's going back to fucking black and blue costume. Member of the Titans. I'm going to miss Grayson. That was a really good book. That was an excellent book. But? But no, so, all right, so I'll give it a Dan Court. I like I like the artists involved. I, I, I liked his work on Grayson. It, big shoes stepping into what Scott Snyder did with it, so good on him. Yeah, I mean, if there's a single book that is, oh, Jesus, it's one of those things, I can't imagine anybody turning it down. Yeah. But at the same time, if there is a DC book that has not just survived the new 52, but thrived in the new 52. Yeah. It's Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo's Batman. Uh, that's a, that's a tricky, it's <laughs> a tricky thing. And it, Snyder seems to have all the confidence in the world in, in King. I didn't grab audio on it, but he said, you know, yeah, whenever you do a run that people like, you hope that the next guy on there is, and he said something like, you know, yeah, like, like scripty McHacken face or something. <laughs> But he seems to have a ton of faith in him. So, I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> hey, it's going to be what it's going to be. I'll give it a Dane Court. Yeah. Now, uh, might as well jump straight to, because it's not on the list yet. <laughs> yeah, again, the the rushed and slipshit nature of this particular <laughs> episode was literally up until 10 seconds before we started taping. I was printing out the list of books, and I've not gone through them all yet. That's all right. <laughs> um. Yeah, Scott Snyder is not leaving uh, Batman. He's going to have his own title uh, that, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, it's going to be uh, All-Star Batman. Yes. Uh, and his focus on that is really, I, he said, and he really makes a point, I do have audio on it, but he said, you know, I, I did the book for five years and Batman has all these great villains and I didn't really get to write many of them. Yeah. Which he did and he opened up with creating the owls, the court of the owls. Went to the Joker, did Riddler in Zero Year, chucked in a couple Clayface fill-in stories, went straight back to the Joker, created Bloom for Bunny Year Batman. <laughs> so yeah, he's not had a chance to do it. So yeah, here's here's Snyder on what he wants to do with All-Star Batman. Yeah, no, I mean, I've had such a blast on Batman for the last five years with Greg. He's become one of my best friends, and it's been the best ride of my life. But when Greg decided to take a short break, I realized I still had a lot of stories to do, especially with our villains. I love the Batman villains so much, and I've actually only gotten to do a couple of them. So 
we have the best in the world, Mr. Freeze, Two-Face, Catwoman, all of, all of these favorites that I've never gotten to do, right? I mean, they're the best. So for me, I started thinking, well, what if I did the book a little bit differently? What if I invite the best talent in the business, some of my friends to rock stars and up-and-comers from John, Sean Murphy, Jock, Paul Pope, Tula Lote, Fua Richardson, just all kinds of different artists to come and do big, crazy stories with these villains in continuity. One of the best parts is working with these guys. Yeah, I mean, Scott Snyder back with Jock. I mean, those are the guys they did The Black Mirror, which I really I should pick up that Batman mm. noir volume because I've I've got the Batman black and white statue based on Jock's art from that. Yeah, and I really like that story. You know, pick up that hardcover this week. Yeah, no, that's a. Uh going to be a very interesting interesting book the uh just by the artists alone john romita jr doesn't do a heck of a lot for me uh but the other ones that they they listed that should be interesting yeah it's uh, we are <laughs> we don't have the most popular opinion on this show although i when suppose it comes damien to, will actually look like a kid <laughs> what if john romita jr yeah. draws him no we fucking won't John squat dwarf child <laughs> he will look like a tiny fucking middle-aged italian man like every other child fucking john ravita jr draws damien as played by Tyrion. i mean serious go back <laughs> I, I hate to bring up too many details about the home office but dude up in the up in the toilet from before i got sick uh, i've got the uh i've got the ann nascenti uh, ramita paperback uh that just came out a few weeks ago a couple months ago of the typhoid mary saga and he's got all these kids on skateboards, because, you know, it was the 80s, <laughs> so the kids did the skateboarding. Well, see, I was thinking of his work, though, in Captain America, um, and in, in the, um, in, what's it, uh, Hit Girl, and all of those kids looked really kid-like, which is why that book was disturbing, in a way. <laughs> see, I didn't, I didn't think so at all. I think those kids, I think they looked like kids by way of, <laughs> not to the prostate exam clinic, <laughs> it's, they all looked like... <laughs> I will right, take I, your word on that. That came out very, very wrong. <laughs> that, yeah, that sounded better in your head, right? <laughs> yeah, it really did. <laughs> Problems. Uh, Where's my whiskey funnel? Anyway, no, it's a, yeah, yeah, to me, all his kids, yeah, they look like middle-aged Italian guys. <laughs> that's just. <laughs> that's what, a, what a rich and varied life you I don't, I don't know if Ramita has children. I don't know if he has <laughs> access to children. <laughs> can find photographs of children maybe but <laughs> again we don't have the popular opinion here he's not our favorite artist yeah. i know he's extremely well thought of and he seems like a quite a nice gentleman i mean he was delightful watching this panel i do have audio uh from him because yeah he's going to do i think the first arc on all-star batman well yeah i don't think i grabbed him asking for lasagna he wanted but his mom to send him lasagna and uh, <laughs> I want his mom to send me lasagna. Me too. Send me lasagna. Is, is this a euphemism? No. Okay. I want lasagna. Well, I mean, yeah. Here's John Romita Jr. talking about Batman. <laughs> I get to work on his storyline, which is Batman dragging Two-Faced across the country in a in a road show that, I don't know if you've ever seen The Defiant Ones or uh, yeah. and uh, or Midnight Run with Robert De Niro. Just imagine taking Batman out of Gotham and then dragging Two-Faced uh, tooth and nail across the country and the two of them button heads constantly about it it's it's so good that only a, a pint of guinness could make it better maybe two pints sure <laughs> six pack see even just hearing about that every time batman leaves gotham <laughs> i get nervous because 
Batman is such a creature of Gotham. You you only get one Denny O'Neill shirtless Batman fighting Ross al Ghul with a scimitar. That happens once in a lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also just in terms of Batman works well in Gotham because and sometimes it's strained. He has a particular understanding with that city's law enforcement. He touches down in some other city. <laughs> True. They are less likely to be as obliged to to let him do his thing. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, if if you're gonna bring up Midnight Run, <laughs> I mean, the problem is right now I'm just I'm picturing the the Batmobile on Route 66 in broad daylight, <laughs> eastbound and down. <laughs> <laughs> It's <laughs> Sheriff Roscoe P. Coltrane behind him, throwing his hat on the ground, stamping on the dirt. And damn bat kids again. <laughs> Looks like them bat boys don't cause a problem. <laughs> Here, this is this is what fatigue hysteria sounds like in real time, folks. It's really it's it's problematic. <laughs> All right, so this is going to be an interesting book. I keep using the word interesting. Interesting is like nice. It doesn't mean a hell of a lot. It's a look. The the plus side is DC's hedged their bets. They got yes. Scott Snyder with some solid A list artists. Yes, writing Batman stories. So if King punts, right. freaks, doesn't work out, you've still got your bets hedged. So my question, though, and I don't think they necessarily answered this in the panel. If you got these two books going on. How is it working in continuity? Are these stories that just Snyder feels like telling that happened at a later date or an earlier date? It's a no. Supposedly, these are all going to be, <clears throat> excuse me, in continuity stories. Okay. It's a lot to juggle, especially for Tom King taking on a new book. It is, but yeah, I mean, then again, in continuity means a lot of things. You know, I could write you know, Batman Year 1.5. <laughs> Technically, if DC chose, that could be in continuity, if not current. Okay. So, yes, they're supposed to be in continuity stories. These are not Elseworlds. They're not apocryphal. Whether they'll be taking place as part of this is where DC is today, that I'm not sure. Okay. And they weren't particularly clear about. That's what I'm saying. But <laughs> fuck it. We're going to be learning a lot over the next couple of months. That's just going to be learning. one of those things. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. All right, what else do we have here? Uh, yes, uh, also in June, this is a June 8th, Detective Comics 934. Again, this is one going back to uh, the original yep, numbering, numbering. Uh, with James. It's it's weird. I've always pronounced it Tinian, James Tinian the fourth. It okay. seemed like they uh, pronounced it Tynan. Okay. Uh, yeah. his name. <laughs> However it's pronounced. What kind of parents would name their kid that? I would like to start getting it right, <laughs> I've been mispronouncing it. I'll call it Tynan, for God's sake. He's not the one who said it. That nice James boy. Yes. Yes, indeed. (laughs) I would think that the people he works with at DC would know, but quite frankly, uh, my direct supervisor who I've been working for for over a year can't pronounce my last name. So we're going to go with- That's because your last name is Mixelplick. Oh, no. (laughs) Now I have to go back to the fifth dimension. Oh, no. Uh, but yeah, the, uh, that's going to be another twice monthly book, uh, artist team, uh, Eddie Barrows, Alvaro Martinez. Uh, also in June, June 8th starts, uh, the Flash Rebirth one shot. 
Mm. Uh, the one shot's going to be by Josh Williamson. Uh, oh boy. <laughs> uh, Carmine Di Giando Menico. What kind of parents would name their kid that? Indeed. Neil Googe. What kind of parents would name their kid that? <laughs> I feel terrible. So this one is going to be sort of Spider Island-like in that the Flash, uh, the speed power is going to be transferred to a bunch of people and the Flash has to train them. Uh, yes, Williamson was at the panel and I did grab some audio uh, talking about at least his first storyline and, and how he got on the book if you okay. want me to sure. fire that off. All right. I uh, went to Dan last summer and I said, I love The Flash. I want to write The Flash. This is what I want to do. And Dan said, no. (laughs) I'm going to say, I have to jump in. In my defense, he was sweaty. Yeah, and then I came back. Hey, I'm the writer of Flash. (laughs) I said, no, this is something really important to me. This is a story that I have to tell that I really, really want to tell. And the story that we're doing with The Flash is... I go both ways. No. (laughs) A speed force storm shows up over Central City and starts striking all over Central City, hitting tons of people. And we end up having dozens of nude speedsters. And Barry has to train them. Nude speedsters? Yes. Nude speedsters. (laughs) The speed force (laughs) is as fickle as it is perverse. (laughs) The Flash. The fickle and the perverse. (laughs) And there's some of them that want to be a hero. There are some that are afraid of the powers. They just want to live normal lives and they don't want to be speedsters. There are some that become criminals, of course, right? They have these powers. They're going to go out there and commit crimes. And then there's one who becomes a killer. Uh, and that is him up there. That is Godspeed. Godspeed is a good name for a That is an excellent name. Yeah. Although, do we need another evil speedster? Oh, uh, look. We it, don't need another speedster. Oh, come on now. <laughs> Amanda, everybody. <laughs> the vocal stylings. <laughs> Why? Why do you make fun? Oh, I'm sorry. Because <laughs> the button was right there. I happen to, <laughs> happen to have the mouse right on it. But, uh, it, I mean, it's it sounds interesting, but you're absolutely right. And I, it hadn't occurred to me the the parallels with Spider Island. Yeah. But, yeah, Central City's about to become... Flash Island. <laughs> Not nearly as titillating as it sounds, apparently. Although nude speedsters. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. The lightning bolt. It came down from the sky and <laughs> suddenly my clothes were gone, but I was moving really fast. <laughs> I've got bruises on each thigh and uh never mind, that's stupid. That's just stupid. I should have said that. <laughs> So it sounds interesting, but yeah, the more you mention it, it's, uh, all right, we're, we're going to have to see because it sounds like something I've uh, seen before. And Williamson was sweaty when he pitched it. Sweaty, sweaty man. Sweaty, furtive man. <laughs> Perverse, furtive, sweaty. Sweaty. Sweaty nude, enough to make Dan DiDio nervous. Nude, fast, sweaty. None more nude. <laughs> fast, sweaty. <laughs> so sweat. Puppy monkey, baby. <laughs> Much. Perverse. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. Uh, also, June. June 1st, we got Green Arrow Rebirth number one, uh, written by Ben Percy, art by Otto Schmidt and Juan Ferreira. Okay. Uh, moving into uh, Green Arrow, June 15th. That's also going to be twice monthly uh, with uh, the same creative team. Okay. Uh, we also have uh, Green Lanterns. Yeah. Uh, rebirth. There's going to be a couple Green Lantern titles. Uh, there's a new girl. Yes, there is. Uh, this particular Green Lantern's title, uh, 
is about the Earth Green Lanterns. Yeah, there's gonna yeah, there's a couple of new rookie. I, I swear to God, <laughs> if you think of, about just the concept of Green Lantern and that there's hundreds and thousands of space sectors, Earth must be like the Trenton, New Jersey of space. That <laughs> it's, it's like, like Brockton. Oh, yeah, Brockton, Mass of space. <laughs> Pawtucket, Rhode Island of space. <laughs> Every sector gets a Green Lantern. Earth, you're from Earth. You get five Green Lanterns. <laughs> five of them. I mean, literally, it's just, I think that, I think that there's Hal Jordan, John Stewart, Guy Gardner, and now these, uh, Simon Baz, and now this new one. Yep. There's five Green Lanterns. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, Earth is the Detroit of space. It's, it, yeah, it's a Southie <laughs> of space. The Camden. <laughs> the Camden. That's what I was thinking of Camden, not Trenton. Sorry, you, Trenton. Yeah. If you live in Trenton, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to denigrate you. <laughs> you're not a demilitarized zone like your city, sister city of Camden. The Green Lantern, the wire. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck did I do? <laughs> but uh, yeah, Green Lantern's uh, going to be written by, well, the, the Rebirth one shot is going to be co-written by Jeff Johns and Sam Humphreys. The month, of, well, no, the uh, twice monthly. Uh, this is another uh, every two weeks. Uh, starts June 15th. Uh, just written by Humphreys with art by Robson Roca and uh, Adrian Saif. Okay. So uh, I do have audio of Sam Humphreys talking about the title. All right. All right. These are rookie Green Lanterns. But it's like, it's like they're partners. They don't know what they think of each other yet. They're still learning to love each other. It's like a lethal weapon with alien technology. I'm getting too old for this shit. <laughs> Like, literally, I'm getting too old for more fucking Green Lanterns. Stop spawning Green Lanterns. <laughs> Wear a rubber, Oa. <laughs> they, they've got the most powerful weapons in all the DC universe, but they still haven't figured it out yet. And despite that, they have to patrol the most treacherous sector in all of space, and that's the planet Earth. And uh, we're going to bring all of the Green Lantern mythos crashing down on their heads whether they're ready for it or not. And what do we say this book is about? It's about courage over fear. We're going to put these characters to the ringer and really find out if they have the courage to overcome their fear. Am I, am I allowed to say who the, the villains are? Yeah, go for it. Whatever you want. The Red Lanterns. Yeah. Yes, that's right. We've got Atrocitus. We've got Blease. They've decided that Earth is central to the survival of Red Lanterns, but humans are expendable. Dun, 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 dun. Okay. <laughs> all right <laughs> yeah look the concept of a couple of rookie lanterns trying to get their shit together it's been a while since we've really seen that we we got a little bit with simon baz but simon baz really he flared up and was in two or three things and then he went away yeah i've not seen him in a shitload of stuff recently so all right it's good to have him get his moment in the sun yeah, Jeff yeah. Johns is just determined to make him a thing. Like, I'm determined to make the shat bloat a thing. <laughs> <laughs> For new listeners, go ahead and redefine the shat bloat. Go ahead. It's it's when you see a, an individual, generally male, um, older, and they get that bloat. You know, like William Shatner has now. Like For a while, he wasn't, then he started to get a little puffy, and then he just sort of swole up. Like like David Boreanaz in later seasons of Angel, and <laughs> yeah. now no, not swole in the whole uh, fitness subreddit uh, kind of sense of I'm going to lift weights and get swole. No, the the puffy clearly holding on to excess liquid and puffy. 
Yeah, yeah there's the uh, swole up. Yeah, there's the the Rob, your co-host of the Crisis on Infinite <laughs> Midlife show, <laughs> drinking chocolate stout as we speak. Bloat. You know, it's 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 like one day they look normal, and then the next day they're just like full of blood, like a tick. Just <laughs> <laughs> now put your hands together for the man who's falling apart before our eyes. I know. I already played it. It fit. I played it again. So I call it the Shat Bloat. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Shat Bloat. <laughs> also, not a thing. Come on, it's evocative. You can't not think of it now. Uh, I'm trying to move on in the show and I'm finding it <laughs> difficult. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, look, I've said before, the most exciting Green Lantern has been for me in the last three or four years has been with what Robert Venditti's been doing since Godhead, which is Hal on his own, not part of the Green Lantern Corps, just tackling cases sort of on his own with no backup beyond whatever ragtag crew he's been able to put together. Yeah. It's far more interesting to me than space cops. The space cop element of Green Lantern is interesting, but it has become the end-all be-all of any character who's a Green Lantern. Yeah. You know, you can't get through six episodes without Kilowog showing up to call you Poozer. Where are you stationed? Oh, I'm on the ass end of the universe. Oh, it's Kilowog, poozer. Okay, we fulfilled our contractually obligated poozer. I mean, Jesus, at least swing Nort by now and again. That was the best part about this this week's yeah, Justice League me. 3001. Was it fucking Nort? At least it's not Kilowog, for fuck's sake. <laughs> yup, Mogo's a planet. Space is big. We could go years without finding a planet. Uh, I know I've already made this joke, but in darkest Nort. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. It's, yeah. Cop stories can be interesting, but they're never cop stories. It's always military stories. Yeah. It's, so yeah, I've really liked what Venditti's been doing up until this, but. Now it's going away. Now it's going away. Like well, the McDLT. It was a good thing, but now it's gone. It's gone. It's never coming yep. back. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about Venditti and uh, what he's doing with Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. Clearly, just based on the title, plugging him back into the Green Lantern Corps, which is making me go, oh, no, you were doing really well. I was really digging it, dude. I was pulling for you. Yeah, but we'll, we'll get back to that. Uh, in the meantime, we've got, uh, what else we got in June? June 1st, Superman Rebirth number one. Uh, it's by Peter J. Tomasi, Pat Gleason, and Doug Monkey. Okay. Uh, Superman one is June 15th, another twice monthly. Um, yep. Same creative team. Mm -hmm. Uh, Titans rebirth number one. Uh, that is going to, uh, that's June 15th. D again, sorry. I printed this list before <laughs> it came down. I haven't read through all of it. Uh, Dan Abnett, uh, Brett Booth on art. We've got Wonder Woman rebirth number one. Uh, this one I'm I know for, you're yeah. excited about, uh, because you are a Wonder Woman fan, but did not like what I, Azarello did or the Finches have done. I have been very much in the minority because I know that Azarello's run was was loved by many. It uh, left me completely cold, and I really didn't like how they changed her origin. So what I like about this is Rucka is pitching something called Wonder Woman uh, The Lies, and she begins to notice some inconsistencies about her present life. Which makes me wonder if they're going to walk back some of that shit that Azarello did. 
Yeah, the yeah, whole, I said it. Uh, <laughs> hey, look, <laughs> we uh, we don't clearly share the same opinions as half the comics world. And the, and I I don't know if you have sound on this, but uh, what I liked about this, he's gonna be working with two artists. Um, well, I, I do have some sound. Okay. You want me to? So, just, yeah, just play it. Let me fire it off. Okay, so this is Greg Rucka on Wonder Woman. The odd number issues for the first half dozen uh, are Liam contemporary, right? It's Diana as she is now in the DCU. And by the way, Liam is uh, Liam Sharp. Yep. He's going to be the artist on half the Wonder Woman stories. As she uh, starts to try to reconcile some growing inconsistencies in her past and, and, and in her life. The, the story arc is called Wonder Woman, The Lies. The even-numbered issues uh, are called Wonder Woman Year One, and it's being drawn by Nicholas Scott. This is, uh, this is a project Nicola and I have wanted to do since we met over a decade ago. So it really was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and we kind of had to take it. So I'm psyched. I, I just I hope that this isn't going to take away from the time they have to work. Um, Rucka and Nicholas Scott are putting out a hell of a book right now called Black Magic. Which you've spoken really highly yeah. of, and I just have not had a chance to... Uh, to so, read because again hard to read kneeling in front of the toilet <laughs> so I, i'm i'm ecstatic for this wonder woman book i just hope it's not going to impact the other book as well well it's <laughs> when it comes to the artist and uh, yeah it's hard to do more than one book yeah. a month unless you're like mark bagley who i believe I don't want to throw around the world meth addict, enthusiast perhaps. There's no other explanation for how quickly that man can draw and draw well. Yeah. But No, but this this book just sounds sounds great. So I'll be curious to see what are these inconsistencies and how are we going to treat Wonder Woman year one and wh- how how will this fit in terms of what Azarello did? What what are the inconsistencies? Okay. Will she go back to being made of clay? <laughs> <laughs> she will go back to whatever her origin will be in Wonder Woman, the movie, currently being shot, sequel to Batman versus Superman. Will she wake up one morning and go, wait, I'm the God of War? When the fuck did that happen? <laughs> Who signed me up for that? I didn't sign up for that. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Who, Affleck? What? <laughs> Before we move on, I, I did have one piece of audio. I blithely went by Action Comics, one of the first uh, books that was listed on here. I do have audio from Dan Jurgens talking a little bit about his first arc on Action Comics. And since I went to the pure hell of yanking this audio, I don't <laughs> want to just let it, leave it on the table. Okay. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, Dan Jurgens on uh, what he's going to do with Superman in Action Comics. Well, what has happened is that this is going to be the story of the Superman, Lois, and John that we have seen in Lois and Clark coming to Metropolis. But prior to that, Lex Luthor has declared himself Superman of Metropolis. And that's kind of what gets Superman there to kind of, you know, he looks back at Lex and they are not exactly good buddies. He does not trust them at all. Our first storyline is called Path of Doom. And Pat Zercher is the artist on it. He's knocking it out because what we have is a conflict where not only do we have a character called Doomsday showing up in Metropolis. Yeah, he has been released and is tearing things apart. But we have another mysterious guest by the name of Clark Kent. And all of a sudden, this Metropolis is going to be a little bit different because we have a separate Clark and a separate Superman. And it's not the way you think. I don't. 
<laughs> I don't know what to think. With I that. don't. <laughs> I mean, the the positive. I don't know. It's a crapshoot. I want to say the positive there is Dan Jurgens is the guy, if I'm remembering right, who created Doomsday. Yeah. Uh, the the negative is Doomsday, as created by Dan Jurgens, is a fucking cipher. Uh, who is nothing but brawn, and here's how we kill Superman so that we can sell eight months' worth of the Return of Superman comic That sounds like they have some spare ones to kill off. (laughs) Apparently. (laughs) Yeah, they got an extra dude. It's uh, Look, uh, Superman coming back to being Superman. I've enjoyed action comics recently. I think Greg Pak's been writing it uh, with the whole Superman missing his powers, uh, which he finally just uh, got back in last week's issue. Or the last week or the week before, I forget. So it's kind of a bummer uh, that he's leaving it. But well, but again, you know, different creative team taking it in a different direction. See what happens. Why the fuck not? <laughs> At least it's not Scott Lobdell. Anyway, <laughs> who who only shows up on one of these new books? That's right. He's uh he's doing only... Red Hood and the Outlaws. Red That's Hood and the Outlaws. The yep. only one he's doing. And if you had. If you'd pointed a gun at my head in September of 2011, I'll call it October, at the end of the <laughs> New 52, and said, which books do you think would survive another quasi-reboot happening in five years? <laughs> and I'd have said, well, certainly not Red Hood and the Outlaws that <laughs> that turns Starfire into a fuck goldfish. <laughs> Whoop. Yeah. <laughs> so... Hey, it's a good on him. Uh, look, that that book is a book with a target audience of teenage boys. Yeah. I ain't one anymore. Good on him. He's found something. Yeah, it keeps him out of trouble. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So now we're moving into July. July. Uh, we've got uh, Batgirl uh, number one, which is going to be monthly, uh, written by Hope Larson uh, with art by... Raphael Albuquerque. I really love Raphael Albuquerque's art, so I don't really know much about Hope Larson as a writer, um, but I'm willing to give this a day in court just on the strength of the artist. Yeah, it was a her name was not a name I'm really familiar with. I googled it real quickly. Apparently, she's been doing a lot of indie comics for quite a while. Okay, so this is among her so her I, first mainstream work. The creative team is sending uh, Barbara Gordon backpacking in China. I believe I read that somewhere. Uh, I think that's what she said. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't grab audio on, on this. Because when you when you've become um, tired of Park Slope, your <laughs> your your initial inclination is to leave the country well, and you, go backpacking through China. You know the saying: if you're tired of Park Slope, <laughs> you're a fucking grown up. If you're tired of Park Slope, you better have a goddamn passport. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I love Boston. The problem with being from Boston is if you if anything in New York is just uh fuck you. <laughs> I proudly washed and folded and put away my Defend Fenway t-shirt <laughs> of Jason Veritek just putting a glove in the face of fucking A-Rod. That's if if you want a picture of how Boston feels about New York, yeah. it's that picture. It really is. The same way 1984 is the future is a boot on a human face forever. <laughs> Boston to New York is Jason Veritek face palming fucking A-Rod <laughs> forever. <laughs> Park Slope might be lovely. It's a borough of New York. Fuck them. <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> Batgirl and the Birds of, uh, Birds of Prey, uh, another book. This is the one that is Julie and Shauna Benson. Uh, yes. 
uh, with art by Claire Rowe. Okay. Uh, did I get any audio on this? I don't think I did. Shit. Well, my understanding of this book is uh, there's a new mob boss in town, and he's running something called the Snake Squad, and they're recruiting metahumans to be soldiers in his goon squad. Uh, that's part of it. Oh, that's oh, right. And, and uh, Barbara Gordon used to be Oracle, and now she's not. But there's somebody running around impersonating Oracle, so Barbara is upset about that and has pulled together the Birds of Prey to help her track this impersonator down. Yeah, and that's kind of an interesting way to go because <clears throat> we know that spoiler is going to be sort of part of this at crew. least the, the Batman family. Uh, and Cassandra Kane is going to have some role. Yeah, she's going to have a new identity because she can't be Batgirl. So I've already ranted about this. <laughs> so perhaps you know, head up. Perhaps <laughs> she's the spoiler. No, it's, <laughs> it's the post Flashpoint world. Maybe she can read in this one. <laughs> Jesus, wasn't that a big part? Of, it was. It was. Because uh, yes. yeah, in No Man's Land, she was yeah, just uh, from the League of Assassins and. Illiterate. Illiterate and just, just out a there. Killing machine. To stomp balls. <laughs> stomp balls and I'd say take down names, but if you're illiterate. Yeah. Plus, if you're a League of Assassins, you don't care. Fuck your name. <laughs> you're to stomp your balls. God damn it. <laughs> okay, somebody needs a little nap. <laughs> oh, God. Where's my whiskey funnel? <laughs> You can this, have the whiskey funnel when I'm done this, after I have my fist of whiskey. Is, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, comics radio, everybody. Okay. Now we can go to Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. The, Let's uh, do it. The rebirth uh, issue is July 13th, uh, written by Rob Venditti, uh, Ethan Van Skyver, art. Uh, Shit, I may not have gotten the whole list. Either way, that's that's when the, the Rebirth special is. Yes. So that's a good enough excuse for right now. Uh, yeah, I've got Robert Venditti uh, talking about at least how his arc is sort of going to start okay. and proceed from. This isn't a story necessarily of how the Green Lantern Corps uh, fights to maintain, maintain control of the universe. They've already lost. Sinestro has won that war with never firing a shot. And we open Rebirth number one with him parking War World in the center of the universe, despite where Oa was. And this is the story of what happens next. So shots with Sinestro. Got it. I like it. <laughs> yeah, again, sticking Hal back in the Green Lantern. I get it. I get why you do it. I'm just so fucking tired of the, the core overall. It has its place. But yeah, tell me some cop stories. I, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. When we talked about uh, Green Lantern 49, I think. Yeah. And it's... You can do cool shit with the framework of a cop story, but nobody does it. It's always poozer and let's all just fly. We'll do the opposite of guerrilla tactics. We'll just fly through space, glowing green, shouting for the core. Let's talk about how Hal Jordan isn't like in line with everybody else again and gets yelled at about something. Yeah. It's what did Hal do this week? <laughs> yeah. It's like I said, you can do a million things with a. The framework of a cop story, undercover vice stories, infiltrate, all kinds of shit, and it, it never happens. Green Lantern SVU. <laughs> I totally read that. I mean, <laughs> frankly, that could be interesting. 
Yeah. A Green Lantern, a portion of the Green Lantern Corps to investigate sex crimes. And what's your weapon against that? The most powerful weapon in the universe against people who do power crimes against the weak. You could have a hella, I can't imagine you could do a big ongoing, but you could make a fuckload of a four episode miniseries out of that. Yeah. I mean, Jesus, if Cry of Justice can get made, <laughs> you know, with liberal Green Arrow just digging an arrow into <laughs> people's kneecaps, why the fuck not Green Lantern SVU? I'm, I'm here, Dan DiDio. Call me. <laughs> I mean, I, I know, I know you're kicking off that, the whole like, writers class that you're letting scott snyder teach that you're not letting anybody into that doesn't have any published writers credit but you know some of us out here that aren't published beyond this blog you know <laughs> i'm a published writer seriously I'm, okay. <laughs> I've been in legitimate publications <laughs> journalism does that count yeah all right they, they didn't say where you were published <laughs> that you be published i mean i photocopied my ass and just <laughs> threw the ream up into the air <laughs> Some people picked it up. That counts? Sure. Why not? Put it in your portfolio. See what happens. <laughs> What's a portfolio? <laughs> uh, so, uh, look, at least Venditti's still on it, and he's had at least one great run. But the problem is that run flies in the face of what everybody seems to want Green Lantern and Hal Jordan to be. That's why I love it. Yeah. And now we're going back more to normal. Uh, all right, he's still got it in him. So I got some hope on this one. Okay. All right. Uh, the Hellblazer Rebirth. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's, the cover looks good. Yes. The yes, cover it does. makes Constantine look good for the first time in a fucking long while. Well, he's lighting a cigarette, and that always helps. And and you can't see that it's that awful like it's not even a three quarter trench coat anymore. Like every with every subsequent issue that um Tynan and and um what's it um. Ming Doyle have been writing. The thing just creeps up his leg like like a mini skirt that's just turning into a cummerbund. It's yeah. just <laughs> it's, it's turning into the shorty bathrobe yeah. you know, that was big in the seventies that my dad would wear, and I would just just get horrified. <laughs> just you know, eight years old, I go out to take a leak, and my oh Jesus, Dad, no, come, why? <laughs> <laughs> but like every week, the thing just creeps up his leg, just a, an inch, like here an inch there and just give him a fucking blazer and be done with it after a certain point <laughs> oh dude, dude call green lantern that's for you <laughs> you see what he was wearing he was asking for it dun, 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 dun. <laughs> that trench coat barely covered his ass <laughs> jesus between that uh, and the tight jeans <laughs> uh, <huh>! all right <laughs> how could constantine not want it he was wearing the skinny jeans <laughs> So anyway, this cover makes him look good for the first time in a while. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. So, and it's uh, Simon Oliver. Is that the name of the guy? Yes, he's writing it. Uh, artists uh, are to be announced. No, I think it's Moritat. Yes, it is Moritat. Shit, that's right. It was announced in the panel. My yeah. uh, my list here. Uh, is what should I know Simon Oliver from? Beats a fuck out of me. Okay, right so <laughs> I, this I, is a Schrodinger's Hellblazer. Yeah. Look. I, <laughs> I've had two beers. It's both good and suck until we... <laughs> I've had two beers, and normally I'm already editing the episode by now on Sunday night, so... Okay. Um. So, yeah, let's... Uh, how are we doing on time? Where can I find the... Uh, let's see. Not you. God, I'm so fuck-sword. All right, now we're 20. So, yeah, let's let's move along. 
Uh, what else we got? Justice League Rebirth number one. Okay. Uh, that's going to be July 6th. Uh, Brian Hitch is writing it. Okay. Uh, Tony Daniel is going to be doing the art. Okay. So it'll look good. Uh, yeah. Uh, I like and, Brian Hitch, though. Uh, well, me too, but the, the writing... His stuff on Justice League of America was not bad, but it was... It's one of those where it was, I, I'd read it. It's like, oh, okay, this is okay. And then it, the next issue would never make it to the top of the pile. There was a, a storyline where, uh, you know, Superman, Superman's, not even Superman's, the Kryptonian god is Rao. Yeah. Well, Rao showed up on Earth and started converting people to his cause, and yet he had bad ulterior motives. It's not a bad story. It's Overpriced spaghetti sauce. Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> not a bad story. It's certainly solid enough, workmanlike enough, but it was never enough where it's like, yeah, man, I can't wait to see what happens next. Okay. It would be, I completely forget about it until I read the next issue. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, this has been not bad. Okay. So we'll we'll see. Uh, but yeah, he's also going to be doing the monthly. Uh, also, Tony Daniel doing the art, and I do have some audio of uh, Tony talking a little bit about the Justice League, and go for it again. The Green Lanterns, new Green Lanterns. We have two rookie Green Lanterns to kind of uh, throw everyone a curveball. Uh, one is uh, named Jessica uh, Cruz, and the other is Simon Baz, and uh, they're they're going to be a lot a lot of fun, I'm sure, for Brian to write and for me to draw. Um, and these these characters get thrown into a big cataclysmic uh, worldwide event that uh, affects every single human on the planet, and uh, uh, the characters Batman versus Superman. <laughs> no, <laughs> get to delve into their, you know, their their own humanity and learn truths about themselves, and it, it's just going to be an epic uh, adventure. It was funny. Uh, Tony Daniel also throughout the panel. At one point, he talked with Jim Lee and said, "You know, I have a new respect for you because, yeah, I would see all these pages that you drew in the early issues of Justice League with all these details and." Yeah, Daniel flat out said, normally I'm a page a day kind of guy. Some of these pages with the characters and details are taking me like three days on. Wow. So certainly he's, he's putting his back into it. Yeah. It's, look, I got high hopes for it. Like I said, the, the hitch stories on Justice League of America were certainly workmanlike and not bad. Okay. Uh, I do like Tony Daniel's art. We'll, we'll see what happens. Then we got Night Ring, uh, Night, Night Ring. <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> Nightwing Rebirth number one. Um, uh, that's July 13th with the, uh, twice monthly ongoing starting July 27th, uh, with Tim Seeley writing, uh, Javi Fernandez and Marcus Toe. Two. Okay. T.O. What kind of parents would name their kid that? Uh, on art. All right. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's one of the, do I have audio? I don't think I have any Nightwing audio. It's that's okay. A, no. Everybody's excited. He's back in, you know, the blue and the black. I'm just, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna miss Grayson. I know, I but, know. but also as part of the Birds of Prey thing, for those people that um, were waiting for Helena to finally go back to being Huntress properly and have the mob vendetta and all of that stuff, that's coming back with Birds of Prey. Yes, that's true. So Helena will be around. Yep. And you know, look, it's Tim Seeley. You know, we like Tim Seeley stuff. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, all right. Uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws Rebirth, number one. Yep, that's uh, happening. Yep. Uh, Scott Lobdell writing, Dexter Soy uh, doing the art. Uh, then uh, this is one that's just sort of 
the title's been kicking around. Nobody's known a hell of a lot about it. Uh, it's the Superman number <laughs> one. Well, actually, it was originally the Superman. Now it's new Superman. Apparently, the reason they changed the title is, uh, uh, what is it? Gene Yang is doing the book. Yep. So originally they said, oh, the title will be the Superman. And it turns out it, it's a, I've got some audio on it, uh, but it's nuts and bolts are it's somebody with Superman's powers in China. And apparently there is no Chinese word for the. Oh. So that they changed it to new. Okay. So yeah, I've got uh, Gene Yang talking a little bit about this book. Um, just some basic background. All right. New Superman. Superman, you know, as a character, he's not just a character. He's actually like this embodiment of a universal ideal. He crosses cultures. And what I'm really excited about with this book is I get to take that ideal and, and, and play with it within another cultural context. And in this case, uh, it's the context of Chinese culture. Our main character is Kenji Kong, who's a 17-year-old kid who grew up in Shanghai. So Kenji starts off as kind of a jerk, and then he gets infused with Superman's powers. And these powers don't just affect him physically, but they also affect his heart. And his wang, I guess. Um, <laughs> they affect I, his heart. So it's going to be taxing on his heart? It's gonna... <laughs> Enlarge it? His heart grew three sizes larger that I, day. I think it's supposed to mean he becomes a nice person, I'm guessing. Perhaps. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is something that it kind of came from out of nowhere the original sort of buzz was oh no this is going to be jerry siegel and joe schuster's original superman yeah, which I was a villain that. and so yeah how this just dude in shanghai picks up superman's powers i don't know but the look the virus the concept <laughs> sure why not <laughs> he yeah he becomes superman with a tiny little head <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Microcephalic Superman, <laughs> which is the name of my fucking next punk band, nice. Microcephalic Superman. But I mean, the idea of somebody with Superman's powers from a non-American culture, so that whole truth, justice in the American way doesn't apply, is a perfectly valid concept. Yeah. It's what made Red Sun as compelling as it was. Certainly. So, yeah, it's it's at least going to be interesting. If you point a gun at my head and say, which of these Rebirth books get canceled first? Although I think I did just see a Superman story that was uh, about a Superman that didn't have anything to do with truth, justice, in the American way. And it was called Batman versus Superman. Nah, settle down. <laughs> it's all... It's all become... Oh, I'm it's sorry, be I didn't a, mean to derail you. It's going to be a great episode <laughs> next week. But yeah, it's a, if you if you ask me, uh, what's the book that's probably going to get canceled first? Oh, yeah. At least, uh, I'd say it's probably this. I could be pleasantly surprised. I certainly will check it out. Certainly, because it's a concept that's worked before under different yeah you know, different cultures. But but yeah, we're we're really gonna have to see. <laughs> um, we also uh, what else we have? Titans one uh, that's on July twenty seventh. Uh, with that's gonna be a monthly uh, book with Dan Abnett and Brett Booth. So everybody will have nice tits, I guess. Nice tits and good dialogue. Indeed. Uh, yeah, All-Star Batman uh, actually drops in August. Uh, yeah, again, that's Scott Snyder. Starts out with John Romita Jr. Jock and Sean Murphy have also been uh, confirmed for, for later. Uh, what else we got here? This one I'm really looking forward to. Uh, Blue Beetle Rebirth, number one. Uh, this is August 24th. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keith Giffen, Scott Colin's art, and uh, 
yeah, they flat out. Number one, I, I love Keith Giffen. Right. I love his writing. Uh, but they, they flat out said at the end of the conference, uh, it's Jaime Reyes. Yep. Uh, being taught by Ted Cord. So Ted Cord is back. <sighs> Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> and our, our, Please bring Booster into it. <laughs> our long post-infinite Please. crisis nightmare is Please. over. Maybe we can start bringing some of these JLI characters Please back. Please don't kill them. Although, five <laughs> gets a ten, it's a different JLI character gets whacked what? in the one shot. But Maybe it'll be Oberon. I don't care about Oberon. You bite your tongue, woman. <laughs> Oberon is the bomb, yo. So if there's one character that John Romita Jr. could draw and draw well, it would be Oberon. Yeah, <laughs> I could see that. Because <laughs> he does look like a middle-aged child. <laughs> Uh, all right. Uh, August 3rd, we got the Cyborg Rebirth uh, number one uh, one shot uh, with the actual Cyborg number one, which is also going to be twice monthly. Hmm. Well, because um, there's eventually going to be a Cyborg movie. True. Uh, and Cyborg, they really have put front and center since the post New 52. And actually, I picked up the latest issue of Cyborg, <laughs> uh, which I hadn't been picking up. I just sort of grabbed it because... I was going to say Captain Marvel Shazam's on the cover. Yes. But it's it's really been pretty solid. So Okay. But it's got a new creative team on it, so it's like, oh, okay, this issue was good, and now there'll be somebody new, I guess. <laughs> but uh, it's someone named John Semper, uh, who doesn't have a history in comics. Apparently, Dan DiDio knows him and has known him from when he was doing animation okay. back 15 years ago. Uh, so he brought him in to do Cyborg, and uh, I did, uh, by the way, he's doing the writing, Will Conrad, Paul Pelletier are doing the art. Okay. And I did grab some audio from Semper talking about what he has in mind for the book. There's a whole concept uh, promoted by a futurist by the name of Ray Kurzweil that at some point in the evolution of mankind, we're going to become so attached to technology, both practically and biologically. And by the wang. I, I have no response to that. You shouldn't. <laughs> that um, it's going to be hard to tell one from the other, you know, humanity from, from technology. And he calls that the singularity. Well, in the case of Cyborg, he's already living the singularity. And that's something that we wanted to investigate. Uh, where does the soul of the machine end and the soul of man start? And we're really going to the wang. kind of go into a dark place with him and figure out just what he's all about. We're going to go to a dark place with the wag. <laughs> you know, Semper knows that Kurzweil's bug nuts fucking crackers, right? Mm, apparently, uh, hey, look, <laughs> probably, but the I, idea... I just want to put that on the table. The idea <laughs> of the human-machine singularity has enough of a place in popular culture and consciousness that applying it to Cyborg is not a terrible idea. Oh, no, no. Okay. We we can continue. I just I just had to get that out of my system. <laughs> I don't ever. You had to get your fucking Wang joke out of your system. I had to get my bug fucking crazy. I I can't oh, even talk. Oh, now. it's never out of my system, baby. <laughs> it's still sitting there festering. I got a festering wet. Wait, that came out wrong. That that <laughs> I'm sleeping in the car. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, look, it like it's. This concept has a place in the popular consciousness, and it is a perfect place to try to explore it. 
Uh, one of the interesting things that he talked about, I didn't grab audio of, was uh, he's got a scene where somebody is asking Cyborg, it's like, well, have you heard this song? And he said, I've heard every song. I have access to every song ever. It's like, well, no, you have access to every recorded song. Part of what makes live music interesting is the spontaneity, and you have no idea what you're really going to get, even if you know the song, which sort of pushes him on the path of examining his humanity versus his machine side, which, all right, that's not a bad way to push it in that direction. He clearly has a clear vision for the book, even if it's based on a concept of crackpots. Yeah. I should take him to a Guns N' Roses concert in the 90s. I mean, because then it's it's not necessarily what you might hear from Axel. It's if you might hear from Axel. If, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, this week they announced, oh, the Guns N' Roses tour. It's going to go to all kinds of cities. It's going to go to... Yeah, I I saw Guns N' Roses on the Appetite tour when they were still a band. (laughs) I don't think I need to see the please buy me fucking hair braids and kilt money (laughs) tour. Axel (laughs) goes full shat bloat. (laughs) Axel went full shat bloat (laughs) five years before Chinese democracy. It's true. It's really true. So, uh, all right, what else we got here? Uh, Deathstroke, finally on Deathstroke. Mm. Um, which I had absolutely no hope or care about whatsoever and hadn't since Tim Seeley left the original one. However, uh, it's going to be written by Christopher Priest, who I've not seen do comics in a while and has a long history with comics and has done some great... He did a really good run on Black Panther Mm. back in the early 2000s. Under a different name, he did the original Spider-Man versus Wolverine one-shot, which is a great comic from the 80s. So it's a guy who has a very political mind when it comes to his comic books, so the idea of an international assassin could do something really cool with it. Can he fix Deathstroke? Can he? <laughs> <laughs> Can anybody fix Deathstroke? <laughs> In your opinion, yeah, one guy, Tim Seeley, and they pulled it off. <laughs> Sigh. No, yeah. I had Kyle Higgins, and then they took it away from him. <laughs> oh, was it Kyle Higgins? Kyle Shit. Higgins. Why I mixed that up, well, I Because no we idea. like Tim Seeley, Seeley's work on... Uh... Grayson. Yes, but still, that's bushly. And that's all. I'm just. Uh, again, we're taping this late. I'm not at my best. <laughs> we threw it together very quickly. Kyle, come back. Yes. Kate, thanks. <laughs> uh, Harley Quinn, uh, which is also going to be twice monthly uh, with the same crew. Creative... Oh, that's, that's, that's like a juggernaut of a comic at this point. Like, there's, there are rabid Harley fans. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it's going to be the same creative team written by Jimmy Palmiotti, uh, Amanda Connor. Uh, art by Chad Harden and John Timms. One of the things they announced in this panel was Amanda Connor is now exclusive to DC. Oh, cool. So. Now, what do these exclusive things mean? If they're doing creator-owned things, are they still allowed to do those? Uh, I'm sure. I mean, look, those those guys with the Paper Films website would absolutely not sign a contract. Yeah. Paul Miotti, in particular, as a writer... He's prolific. Yeah, he's constantly doing Kickstarters for, you know, all right, I've got this idea that doesn't fit in with a publisher, but I want to do it anyway. So, so yeah, I'm sure the creator-owned stuff is still going to be in play for both of them. Okay. Because I was thinking about that, I said with no particular knowledge of that whatsoever, but I can't imagine. Well, I was thinking about that, too, with relation to Snyder, who also has uh, announced as exclusive with DC. You know, he's got Witches, which is a pretty popular book. That's indie. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's. I imagine the creator-owned stuff will continue. Yeah, I said with no direct knowledge <laughs> of it, but 
Just anybody know? Email us. Yeah, just because I can't imagine anybody doing it. You could write me a big enough check to not do almost anything. <laughs> so, uh, Suicide Squad Rebirth. Uh, it's going to be written by Rob Williams. Uh, Jim Lee is going to be one of the artists on it. Uh, hmm. I forget who the other one is. It was announced at the panel. I did not grab audio, and it is not on my list. But that is going to uh, start in August. And that's clearly going to be a big deal because yes, that's around when the movie is the coming movie, out. Yeah. And, well, Batman versus Superman will have earned all the money this weekend, whether it weren't, whether it earns all the money next weekend. This weekend it earned $170.1 million. Which is solid. The, the drop-off, I imagine, will be significant. Uh, I don't imagine there will be Deadpool-type continuing numbers. Probably not. And it'll get cut off sooner than later by a civil war anyway. Right. So yeah, they've only got a few weeks to corner that blockbuster market. Yeah. So yeah, it's what, what I keep telling people is, you know, hey, let's remember the second Marvel Studios movie was The Incredible Hulk. That's right. So they can afford to kind of punt a little bit as long as they follow up strong. Right. That's going to be Suicide Squad, so yes. <laughs> we will see a major push behind that. Uh, what else we got? Uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws goes monthly in August, starting August 24th, uh, as does Suicide Squad. Philip Tan, actually, yep, on uh, on the actual Suicide Squad in August. He's okay. going to be the second artist. Got it. Uh, Supergirl Rebirth number one is August 17th. Uh, yeah, this is an interesting one. Yeah, this is written by Steve Orlando, who has been doing Midnighter, Midnighter, which has been really spectacular. Uh, it's it's one of those. It took took me a while to hook me in, but over the last couple issues, it's like no, there's something really cool going on here. So it's a shame that book's being canceled, yeah. but uh, yeah, he's moving to Supergirl, and I do have some audio from him talking a little bit about what's coming up. See uh, the return of Cyborg Superman. Uh, the story is called. The Cyborg Superman, uh, and especially auspicious for Kara when she finds out that Cyborg Superman is her father. So, <laughs> Zor-El as the Cyborg Superman wants to do what any dad does and make his life better for his daughter and give her, like, everything she wants as, as a child. But the problem is, you know, he's a villain now and he does things in his own way. So when he comes and says, Supergirl, Kara, you know, you want to be back on Krypton, you want to be back on Argo, well, I could take you there. But something is a little twisted. So when she gets there, the big question is, will this be what she's been waiting for? Will this be what she needs? Or maybe, thanks to Zorel, maybe it's going to be actually her worst nightmare. Hmm. So as Cyborg Superman, clearly it's not Hank Henshaw. No. Because <laughs> when they put the cover up, you know, they, as we're watching the panel, they're showing various covers. They put up Cyborg Superman. and like, oh, Hank Henshaw. They're going straight for the old, you know, what's yeah. happening on the TV show thing. And clearly that's not the case. Yeah. Well. So... All right, I'd give it to Dan Court. Yeah, why not? Who's drawing that? Uh, that is going to be Brian Ching and Emanuela Lupacino. Okay. Uh, and there's also, I don't have any information or audio or anything on this, is going to be a Superwoman. Yeah. Uh, number one that starts August 10th, written by Phil Jimenez, with art by Jimenez and Emanuela Lupacino also. All right. Uh. So when I think Superwoman, I think, um, you know, the crime lords. I think, yeah, I think Lois Lane from the Earth 3 crime syndicate. Yeah. I don't know if that's the case or not. Okay. Uh, we got Trinity, uh, which is going to be a book about Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. Uh, Trinity Rebirth number one is August 10th. Uh, 
written and drawn by Francis Manipool uh, with assist by Clay Mann. Uh, going into September, we've got Batman Beyond Rebirth number one, uh, written by Dan Jurgens, art by Bernard Chang and Ryan Sook. Okay. And the one thing they mentioned there, despite what's been going on with Tim Drake, uh, Terry McGinnis will be coming back. Yay! So. <laughs> Yay, clap! Yay! Yes. Uh, one thing they did, there's no information here. There was no information in the panel. Uh, Justice League of America, mm. uh, September 14th, which will be twice monthly. No information whatsoever. Don't know who's writing it. Don't know who's drawing it. Don't know who's on the team. Don't know what the story is. They got Dick. They told us Dick. It's like the one big secret. I think it's a dodge. I think it's going to be an ambush book book. book. The ambush bug it, book. I would kill. <laughs> there is no ambush bug. God damn it. There needs to be ambush bug. You would think after the explosive popularity of Deadpool, <laughs> DC might take their version of a fourth wall breaking hero. But no. <laughs> hey, look, at least Keith Giffen, he's got Blue Beetle. Yep. So <laughs> let's get our third chance since Infinite Crisis to get Blue Beetle to become a thing. With Ted Cord. Now with Ted Cord. That's what's been missing for me. That frankly, I I like the new Fifty Two Blue Beetle. You know, I love the John Rogers Keith Giffen Blue Beetle mm. from right after Infinite Crisis. It's a good character. They've done good stuff with it for whatever reason. It just hasn't been hooking in. Well, we'll try again. <laughs> All right. What else we got? Super Sons number one that starts in September. Uh, let's see, the creative team is Chris Burns, Dennis Culver, Jorge Jimenez. All they said in the panel was Son of Batman teams up with Son of Superman. It's a wacky buddy comedy? The Son of Superman thing is the one thing I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Damien just calling Connor an asshole for 22 pages. <laughs> uh, it's, it does not, look like, does not look like the Connor Superman. Okay. <laughs> it looks like a child, frankly. All right. So... Got Teen uh, Teen Titans Rebirth number one, September uh, 21st. Uh, ben Percy, art by John Boy Myers. Trinity number one starts September 21st. And as we go into October, at some points, Batman Beyond and Teen Titans number one with the same creative teams. Right. And that is basically everything that we are looking at at this point. And I even got to... <laughs> Shit. I got one piece of audio on fucking Aquaman of all goddamn things. Well, let's hear it. Fucking you damn fool. You're more useless than Aquaman. <laughs> Apparently so. So, all right, this is Dan Abnett uh, just talking a little bit about... Clam uh, chowder? Sure, clam chowder. <laughs> the problem is Abnett was late in the panel, so <laughs> when you brought off Aquaman early, and it was early on the list, I forgot I had the audio. That's <laughs> all right. I'm a ruiner. I ruin things. Yes, clearly we're a professional operation <laughs> here at the Crisis on Infinite Midlife's home office. Uh, he's, he's, he's so many different things. He's a superhero. He's a regular guy. He's a king. He's a, the leader of a. He's a bitch. He's a lover. He's a. Atlantis. He's a surface dweller. He's such a combination of things. This is, I think, uh, Arthur's attempt to, um, to kind of reconcile all those things and, and sort of proactively make himself whole, I guess. Uh, and one of the things he wants to do is to make Atlantis part of the world, a nation of the world. To make Atlantis great I, you again. You beat me to it, damn it. <laughs> Of it being secret and hidden away, uh, Atlantis isn't very willing, and uh, and the surface world is, is 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 worried too. So, well then you know, no, there, there's a whole like 
Trump is orange and Aquaman wears orange. Like, I'm not even. <laughs> yeah, don't go for the easy shots, for yeah. God's sake. <laughs> this is not our best show, but we're better than that. I'm going to build a wall along the Marianas Trench. <laughs> a great, big, beautiful wall. I'm going to make Atlantis so great. It's so great. The mermaids are going to pay for it. <laughs> this is not a political show. We're going to step away from this topic. <laughs> but. <too> <laughs> I, I don't know. Look, I I like Dan Abnett a lot. I don't give a fuck about Aquaman. I, I Jeff Johns, his first few issues of Aquaman post New Fifty Two, it's like, all right, you're doing something kind of interesting. But the most interesting thing that he did was have Aquaman embrace the fact that everybody thought he was a joke. Yeah, They're not necessarily embrace it, but acknowledge it, and then try to move from there. And it's. Uh, Aquaman and the others didn't do anything for me. It's still on one of our pull lists. It shows up. I read it every few months. <laughs> it's there. So you can't make Aquaman cool. No, but that's okay. Just, and it's <laughs> during the, the, again, it's hard to call it a panel. I keep wanting to call it a press conference. But at one point, Jeff John said, throughout my career, I take pride in it. You know, say, you can't make Booster Gold cool. <laughs> No, you did. You can make Booster Gold. Aquaman talks to fish, man. Yep. (laughs) Not going to get around that. That's what he does. Wears green pants and an orange chainmail shirt. Somebody needs to explain to him about Granimals. His name's Arthur. It's not... It's not medieval England. When, When you hear that somebody's name is Arthur, the next thing you should think of is that someone says... And I am mighty because that's he's the sidekick to that guy. <laughs> Pork me, Arthur. You're an animal, Arthur. Now, now. <laughs> Arthur is perfectly fine. It's not as bad as Leonard. <laughs> Do me, Leonard. Yes, it's true. This man has no dick. <laughs> Show me your cold ray, Leonard. <laughs> cold ray. <laughs> Leonard's not the problem with his name. <laughs> Snart's the problem with his name. <laughs> oh, dude, I snarted. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, overall, why don't, why don't we try to bring this pig in for a landing? Sure. <laughs> um, uh, overall, I mean, a lot of this sounds encouraging, at least it some does. of the goals. The concept that DC editorial after years of, no, this is the new normal, but we can't figure out what the new normal is, and we're going to alienate fucking creative teams while we try to figure out what the new goddamn normal is. The idea that they're taking a step back from that saying, okay, this is not everything that we thought it was going to be, so let's take steps to make a lot of things available story and plot and continuity-wise and give people a chance to do things with that and... Okay, yes, we pay Jim Lee a million dollars a year. <laughs> Just because he drew these costumes doesn't mean we're now married to them. Let's make certain things more classic, certain things different, whatever. Yeah. All of it's encouraging. Because, yeah, it's the new 52 has alienated me from DC in a way that has never happened in 40 years of reading comics. Yeah. I still read a lot of DC comics, but DC was my jam. All through high school, college, and it's just, it's not anymore. So you made to, some bad choices. It's, 
and and they're going to have to work hard to win people back, I think. Yeah, and some of these creative teams really inspired. Yeah. Others, all right, we'll see what you do with it. The one thing I'll give DC credit for, and it's included in this list and what they did with the New 52, there's some books in there where it's, yeah, all right, I'm not sure how much sense that makes, but at least you're trying to do different kinds of shit. Yeah. Yeah, like in the New 52, you know, the I forget what the war comic they did, but also All-Star Western. Let's try to... They had uh, G.I. Zombie. Is that what you're thinking of? Uh, G.I. Zombie... That was Palmiotti. It was, but the, that wasn't the name of the comic. That was the character in oh. it. But uh, yeah, it's uh, that kind of thing. You know, with this, you know, new Superman. Uh, all right, that's something kind of different. Yeah. Yeah, the Superman, son of Superman, son of Batman. All right, let's see what you got. I, I will, I will give them all a shot. Either, and I'll either continue to read or not. It's that's all you can do. Yeah. But yeah. I'm, 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 I have some really strong, like, psyched feelings for, like, Wonder Woman. That looks good. And I'm, I'm curious about where Batman's going to go now that Tom King is taking the helm. I'm, it's a, I want to see where Batgirl goes once you get her out of fucking the comics version of Park Slope. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm actually looking forward to getting back into that book. So, yeah, there's, there's some real possibilities here. Yeah, there's also some relative risks. And again, uh, okay, Hal's back in charge of the Green Lantern Corps. Let's slog through this shit one more fucking time. Yeah. But at the very, okay, you got two new Green Lanterns over here who are supposedly on Earth and not necessarily directly a part of that. Great. Maybe I'll get what I'm looking for that I've been getting from Hal Jordan, you know, as a hunted member of the Corps from these you know, from well, I say these two new Simon Baz is new, but these relatively new Green Lanterns, right? So yeah, overall looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I I think I think they've got some some good ideas. We'll see what they do with it. It's all we can do. Indeed, particularly this fucking late on a Sunday night, <laughs> and the show ran longer than I thought it was going to. Even though we completely broke fucking format, we're not talking about individual books we'll and get chucked to it together at the last minute. Actually, the following week probably. Yeah, we'll we'll see about uh, next week. Next week with the Batman versus Superman, yeah, be a good show. I don't think we'll be talking about comic books next week though. Probably not. But all right, anything else about uh, the DC Rebirth? No. I... All right. Why don't we wrap this up? Right. <laughs> Try to get this thing up tonight. So, yes, don't know where you found this show. Uh, <laughs> but but you keep coming back, and we appreciate it. We do. And either way, you can always find us at our home website, crisisatinfinitemidlives.com. Uh, we are on Facebook. We're trying to do more with that. Last week, again, hard to Facebook, kneeling down in front of the toilet. But <laughs> our Facebook page is facebook.com slash crisisoninfinitemidlives. We are on Twitter. Twitter handle is at Infinite Midlife. Is that right? That is right. Okay. <laughs> you got it. You got it. We're on Tumblr, crisisoninfinitemidlives.tumblr.com. You can find us on iTunes. And if that is your preferred way of consuming podcast media, do us a favor and give us a review. Shoot us a rating. It does help new people find the show. We are on TuneIn Radio. We are on Stitcher Radio. We're proud members of the Comics Podcast Network. You can always email us at crisis at infinite midlives at gmail.com. And I think that is it. That's it. So this has been 
Somehow, episode 107 of the Crisis on Infinite Midlife <laughs> show. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. Thank you for listening. Uh, next week, Batman versus Superman. God help us all. And derp. I got nothing left. I just <laughs> go to bed. <laughs>